the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. There is a lot going on right now. Uh, let me start. This show is the beginning of our third year on the air. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Our first show aired on January 25th, 2020. And Christy and I went on our first date that (laughs) night. And look at this. We've been here with you for two years. Christy and I are married and God is just so great and so involved in the lives of his children. And uh, when we give ourselves to him, he does such amazing things. So thank you, God, for all of that. Yeah, absolutely. We are continuing today in our series entitled The Fullness of Faith. And what we're trying to say in this series is that faith is a process. And if we apply ourselves to the elements of that process on a daily basis, just focusing on doing the next right thing, then God will accomplish his will through us. And we don't have to worry about the outcomes. So I didn't have to worry on that first day, on that first show. I just needed to give my heart to God and to pray for his help and to do his will in that show on that day. And then look where we are. So he's an amazing God. And the difficult part, I think, is for us to trust those outcomes that are his, to know where we end and where he begins, to do everything as if unto the Lord, and to just take uh, heart and uh, to be comfortable in that process, uh, knowing that it's set out by a loving Father who has plans for this world. And so I guess a big picture is that Christianity is a process of change, and by our faith, God changes us, and then we change the world around us. And I hope what you're hearing there is the verb, change, because the process requires actions, and it's the doing of something. 
And so the question then becomes, what is that thing that we do? And there must be action, and those actions must be according to Jesus. So uh, I said there was a lot going on, more even than just the uh, beginning of our third year and the anniversary of our first date uh, coming up with Christy. But we're talking about pursuing right things and making sure those things are what Jesus wants in his omniscience and omnipotence. And we've got a wonderful guest who's going to talk about that uh, with us today. But I think it just comes down to this one question. And the Holy Spirit was really uh, just rewriting the show and re-scripting things this morning in my quiet time with him. And it came down to John chapter 1, verse 38. What do you want? Uh, big question. Jesus asked the first two disciples who left John the Baptist to start following him, and we talked about that. But what I got this morning is if you want things to be the way they've been, then keep doing the same things. And if you want things to be different, then do different things. And if you want things to be worldly, do worldly things. And if you want things to be heavenly, then do heavenly things. And so I was challenged with a difficult situation, um, and I was praying about how to handle it because I was afraid it was an emotional situation, and I was afraid left to my own devices, I would uh, react in a worldly way, and I want very much to always react in uh, a righteous way, in a way that glorifies God and uh, does what he says. And I was praying about it, and he led me to James chapter. 3, verse 17, which says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And God led me to that, and it was heavy on my heart. And in my Bible, I actually had it double underlined and words circled. And so when I decided to do uh, what I should do in this situation. It was very unworldly and very much please God, uh, his will. So, uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And that is what's so important to me about asking Jesus to guide us as that shepherd because we're harassed and confused by this difficult world. So can we trust our own understanding? No. I don't think so. Christy? <laughs> no. Pastor Jeff? No. No. We, we trust our shepherd. He guides us. He guides us to uh, beside still waters. He guides us through the valley of the shadow of death. He is a shepherd. And so if we submit everything to him, our understanding, our desire for change, our desire for a better world for our children tomorrow, then he will do that. And that is the process that we're talking about. Uh, we've described it as love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's been the series. Uh, we began with Pastor Aaron loving God and then Christy and I talked last week about loving ourselves because you can't give away what you don't have. 
And so when we uh, bring ourselves to Jesus and shape that relationship first thing every morning, uh, starting over fresh each day, then our ability to love our neighbor is based on that, as my example explains. And our special guest today, Pastor Jeff Neal from the Logos Community Church in Harlingen, and he's been with us before, uh, has such an amazing voice of compassion and understanding, and he's going to help us with our discussion today on loving your neighbor. So if you've missed the previous episodes of the series, they're available as podcasts on CourageousChristianity.com or at KKHT.com or on your favorite podcast app. And welcome, Pastor Jeff. Man, so glad to be with two of my favorite radio people this morning again. Okay, how many radio people do you actually know? <laughs> oh, you guys are the you guys are my two favorite ones. You know, that's thank just, you so much. That's so funny because we were kind of having that discussion in here with our producer Mike this morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and plus yesterday I flew a flight uh, with my airline, and uh, when I made the PA to the passengers, it was like uh, seven in the morning. It was the first flight of the day, and I told them they were my favorite passengers of the whole day. <laughs> so, yep. uh, thank you, God. And before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. And Pastor Jeff, would you please pray for us? Sure, we'd be happy to. Father, uh, we thank you for bringing us here for this moment, and and as uh, Rich said earlier, we we pray that um, we would say the right things, say things that, that please you and glorify your name, and that you'd open the ears of the audience, and, and that we, we would all be encouraged and edified by your word. Your word is, is such a good teacher for us, and we need it, and we need you. And so have your way in this radio show, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, friends, since Pastor Jeff was an infantry officer, and he was an infantry officer before GPS, not saying anything, but you go with that where you want. I'm going to say something he'll really appreciate because infantry officers, you know, they're all about being lost in the woods. And for a compass to be of any use, it must always point north. Only then can we yeah. reference it and know all the other directions we need to go. And if that compass pointed west on some days, south on some days, east on some days, it would be of no use whatsoever. And the same is true of what we believe is right. We cannot trust ourselves. We're harassed and confused, left to our own devices. Some days we point east, some days we point south, some days, who knows? But the word of God and the love of Jesus always points north. And so if we reference everything we do to that compass, it never varies. And that is how we can trust it to guide us in the moral darkness of this world. And God says, love your neighbors. So Pastor Jeff, talking about a compass, does that take you back to your infantry days? It certainly does. I'm thinking back of, of you know, setting the compass on the map to orient the map and then getting off to, to run off to my next objective. And uh, absolutely. And I, I was thinking even of your example in your own quiet time this morning, Rich, when you said, um, left to your own devices, you would have reacted in a worldly way. You didn't, though. You you reoriented your map, You and true north for you is God and his word, and so you didn't head off in a bad direction. 
Yeah, I was so thankful because, uh, friends, if uh, you want a reminder on that scripture where the Holy Spirit took me this morning, James chapter 3, verse 17, and I had been reading in Romans, but uh, he just brought me there, and he said, the wisdom that comes from heaven, and then there are such amazing words, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, so it really does guide us into his glory. Pastor Jeff, what does loving your neighbor mean to you? Uh, I've been talking about this uh, often. I think I shared with you yesterday, and it means really, when it's interesting when Jesus says that, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And so if we think about how we care for ourselves, like no one has to tell me to eat. I, I get hungry and I eat or, or to, you know, if I'm cold, I, I put on a jacket or a blanket. Um, we're pretty good at caring for ourselves. And so I think it just means extending that to others. I mean, Jesus says, love, care for, meet the needs of others in the same way that you naturally do yourself. So it's being others-minded first, really, I think. Yeah, I was thinking about the golden rule over the past week as I thought about this show, and I was wondering, is that okay? Do unto others as you would have done to you. And it's uh, is that basically what we're saying? Yeah, and I think someone said one time, um, you know, not so much that we think less of ourselves, but we think about ourselves less. We're, we're thinking of others. Our eyes are not so often focused inward now as a Christian because God has so richly blessed us and, and cared for us that, that that now allows us to be outward looking and outward focused and you know, walking down the sidewalk and not walking over the homeless person, but seeing that person and seeing that they have dignity and were made in, in the image of God and just being outward-looking and outward-focused, I think. Amen. Well, friends, uh, we're getting to our first break already. I don't know where the time went, but uh, Pastor Jeff is going to be back with us, and we're going to talk about uh, more of that in the second segment. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's Wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281 800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to courageouschristianity.today. So text to donate to 281 281- Eight zero zero four nine four zero, or go to courageouschristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Why 
What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are back our talking about loving our neighbor with Pastor Jeff Neal of Logos Community Church in Harlingen. And I wrote this this morning in my prayer journal as I worked through that situation I was telling you about. I wrote, my faith should influence the world. I want to be influential. I want to shape things for good. I want my children to inherit a better world. I want to leave things better than I've found them. And I think it's very easy to be focused on what was as opposed to being focused on what could be, what should be, what God wants. And so in talking about loving your neighbor, it's about the good that we can do and the the potential and the peace that we can influence. And talking about it at the break with Pastor Jeff, he said something I'd like to ask more. Pastor Jeff, you said that it must be felt by your neighbor, the love that we give. Tell us more about that. Well, yeah, it's so we can walk around. I think it's easy to walk around sometimes maybe a little self-righteously and think that, hey, I'm a pretty loving person. I'm not hating actively. I'm not murdering. Um, but would the people around us, would they say, yeah, when that person is in the room or when that person is in my life, I feel loved. I feel cared for. I feel like they um, they are ministering to the needs that I have, the physical and spiritual and emotional needs. So maybe one of the, the best, you know, the best uh, ways to find out is to ask those around us, are you experiencing love for me oh, wow. in a tangible way? That's a scary question to ask. <laughs> yeah. is. Right. It kind of touches on this thing. Uh, whenever I pray for somebody, so I'm kneeling next to my bed and I'm praying and the Holy Spirit will put on my heart, pray for uh, the person in that restaurant today or pray for that homeless man. And the very second I ask God to bless or to comfort or to lift up, the th- first thing that pops into my heart and my head is, Have I done everything I can? And it's kind of akin to what you're saying, whereby if what we're doing here isn't producing the fruit that we think it's producing, then we must make adjustments because truthfully, all that matters is that fruit. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think the the fruit for the Christian is the the evidence of a changed life, that the evidence that Christ does indeed dwell in that person. And then that uh, you would know that if they feel that change or see that change, it's kind of like, how do you know a tree is an apple tree? Well, it has apples. And Galatians chapter five talks about the fruit of the uh, spirit. And so people must see apples on us if they want to think we're an apple tree and they must see kindness, generosity, compassion, and then James talks about it's not enough to just uh, say to the person, I, I want you to be warm. You have to offer them a coat. The way he says it that I thought was good is, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? So you're saying, Pastor Jeff, 
our heart and our beliefs must be manifested in the physical, and then people would perceive that. Absolutely, and, and there's a passage in it. it I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, but I've preached on it before. That 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 um, discusses kind of the the depths of this love that is felt, and it says that I think I think it might be. Um, uh, Anyway, the, the passage escapes me, but it talks about this love being felt where you actually bring the homeless person into your home. And I've said, man, like for us who, who were all about security and, um, and you know, being aware of danger, like it's one thing to drop some old blankets off at the homeless shelter. There's a different level of actually, you know, bringing someone into my life, like loving to that depth where... I'm actually saying, no, I'm not just going to point you to the soup kitchen. Would you come ride with me and I could buy you a meal? Um, would you come? Maybe you actually need to live in our home for a couple of days. See, that's a, that's a radical different level of loving our neighbors. Yeah. But I think that's what God, that's the type of stuff that God is calling us to. Yeah, I think when the Holy Spirit gives you that, uh, what do you think, Christy? Well, I wonder, I mean, for those of us who want to wake, you know, who are waking up in the morning and we want to draw closer to Jesus and we want to embody the word, but then you're in the world. And as Pastor Jeff alluded to, you know, you've got security issues. So Pastor Jeff, how do you, how do you do it then? <laughs> you've got the desire, but you've also got the reality out there of bringing somebody into your house. Sure. What would you suggest? Sure, and, and man, this takes wisdom. This takes being in the community of believers where you can, you know, I, I found some of the, the best help from asking others around me, hey, do you think this is wise? And so certainly we wouldn't tell a, a single woman, hey, yes, yeah, sure, let the homeless man come stay in your house for a few days. There's, there is certainly wisdom, and we are responsible for taking care of those that are around us. I guess what I'm, I'm just arguing for is, not that we love just at such a detached like level where um like we need to love up close and and where it again it's felt and it's tangible not where there's so many layers of organizations and it it's it's kind of uh, sterile i don't know if that makes sense yeah um so helping me in that situation this morning and friends i hope you hear I was genuinely on my knees asking God to help me to do the right thing in this situation. And in that passage, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. And that made me think uh, as I read it of Philippians chapter four, where it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is uh, excellent or praiseworthy, and uh, or actually says true, uh, noble, or right. Uh, my point is, is I thought pure. Okay, what does pure mean? And Christy and I were talking about that today, and pure means your motives have to be right. Why am I doing this? Am I doing this so that I feel good about myself, or am I doing this because I genuinely care about that person? So as you ask the Holy Spirit to speak into the situation, and you say to yourself, what is happening, and why do I want to do this? What are my motivations? What's pushing me here? 
And I think you would have to be very honest. And if the motivations were wrong, then you'd have to um, address that. Pastor Jeff, thinking yeah, there. Yeah, actually, it, that's why I think I love that you guys started with loving God. It starts there. I mean, the vertical relationship must be there. If we're only talking about doing kind things to others, we're really no different than any other religion. I mean, many religions and, and belief systems talk about that. Ours is, is born out of our love for God first. That's where our motivation, that's where the energy and the inspiration, uh, and the power to do it comes from. And so we don't start by loving our neighbor. We start by loving God. And as he fills us and we're just overwhelmed by, by his love for us, it, it's, it's just natural that we didn't love others horizontally. It seems like that if we're doing the second that you talked about, if we just start with loving um, our neighbors, kind of from that worldly perspective, we're we're kind of that's really more about ourselves. If we start with loving yes. God, it's all about Him. Yeah, this is the way I've thought about it often, and I love the fact you say vertical and then horizontal because I think a lot about alignment. And I think a lot about I'm a man on the earth, and if God isn't coming straight down through me and all of that stuff flowing out of me, then who knows why I'm doing things. So why must we give all credit to God? Well, first and foremost, because the credit belongs to him. You're just using the tools he gave you. And so you can't take credit because then people think uh, you made those tools, and, and none of it we made. There but for the grace of God go I. So first and foremost, he deserves the glory because the glory's his. Second, he deserves the glory because he hands out the rewards. And if any of this is about the reward of heaven, then that's his to judge and dole out. So again, he gets the credit. And thirdly, I think it's so important that God be glorified in all we do, because if we just do something as a human being on this earth, for me as a man, then I do something nice for somebody. And if I don't give the credit to God, then they just think I'm a nice guy. They may even think that they're not as nice. And so in doing something nice for them, I may actually have made them feel smaller. But if, on the other hand, as I do something nice for them, the, the purity of it, the reason behind it, the intention, the motivation is that I am a man out there in the world serving God, then when I give credit to him and they see that God in me, then they can think to themselves, wow, if I give myself to that God, then I too can be all these things and uh, be able to help people. And so then my kind gesture, because it was done right and in the love of God, actually is empowering to them. Does that make sense? Totally. And, and I, would say, I would say, Rich, like when I, I love when something you know, miraculous happens in the Bible, and, and it will say, and the people went out and worshiped God. And I'll say, that should be the natural response. And so if we go out and feed or clothe, and the people are saying, gosh, Jeff is such a great guy. That's a failure. What, what I want to happen is the people to leave whatever the, the event is and say, man, Jeff's God is awesome. I think that's mm, wow, brilliant. Wow, that's so powerful. Yeah. That's a win. That's yeah. a win for the kingdom. Amen. I love that. And friends, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Neal about loving our neighbors and about how the purity of our relationship with God and how we develop that and then shine it on the world around us is what determines 
the impact of the good that we do and whether or not God gets the glory for it. And we're going to talk about it more in the third segment. Stay with us. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelo, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelo has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHD, The Word. Friends, you're back with Courageous Christianity. I'm Richard Mendelo, and we are talking with Pastor Jeff Neal about loving our neighbor as part of our Fullness of Faith series. And Christy had an interesting question, which we discussed at the break, and I'd like to her to ask Pastor Jeff that. Pastor Jeff, in uh, in one of the first two segments, uh, you mentioned something that just totally caught my ears, and you said we need to love up close, and just wow, that just that's that's a quotable moment. But you also said this um, that this. Uh, loving our neighbors needs to be done in community. And so what the question I've kind of come to in this third segment is how does being in a community help us to love up close? Yeah, I'm always going to, I'm a big fan of the local church. I mean, I'm a pastor of one, but I mean, even if I weren't, I'm a big fan of, of Christians being plugged into a local body. I think that's just how it's supposed to be. And, and just as one example, I think of uh, Hebrews 10, 24, and it's, we always quote this, right, that we're not supposed to forget, forsake the assembling together. We know that we're supposed to be together. But listen, one of the reasons, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Um, and, oh, sorry, right before that, 
consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Mm. The, the idea is that one of the things, it's not the only thing, but one of the things that happens as we are together is we're encouraging other, one another and inspiring one another to do good works, to love our neighbor. Yeah. That happens when we're together. Yeah, so that in the absence of community, there's no need. You're just attending to yourself. Now, the very second you're with one other person, now uh, there's the opportunity. Right. And it's easier to right. do things together. How can you not love just... your neighbor if there's no neighbor? Well, that's, what that's I'm true. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. But, but here's something that I wonder. And um, Pastor Jeff, why is it so hard? Well, uh, loving our neighbors, it's, I think because, and, and Paul talks about this, that we, we know we've been redeemed, but God in his sovereignty left something in us called flesh. And it's why sometimes we're like, why, don't, why did I react angrily, or why did I do the wrong thing? We have this battle between the spirit that now is in us and this piece of the old man, the flesh. And, and let's be honest, our flesh is selfish. I want to take care of my own needs. I want to you know, keep that money for myself. I want to build a bigger house or, or you know, buy the whatever on Amazon. That's my my the, that's the part that's left over from my old nature, and it's so it's submitting to the spirit, walking in the new man. Um, but yeah, I, we're pretty good at trying to take care of our own selves, and and that's the battle. Yeah, uh, friends, back to the quote that guided me this morning in my response. Uh, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. We discussed that. That was the motivation uh, behind things, the intent. And then uh, that would be to glorify God, uh, not to be self-seeking or selfish. And then the next phrase is then peace loving. Okay. Consider it. To me, that says putting others first, as Pastor Jeff uh, said when he quoted Pastor Rick Warren, who said being humble is not about thinking less of yourself. It's about thinking of yourself less. And Christy and I love that quote, and Christy loves Pastor Rick Warren. <laughs> uh, but then uh, it says, after consider it, it says submissive. And so it has to be brought to Jesus. It has to be given to him. We have to do what he says is right. It's not what I say is right. This morning, left to my own devices, I could have responded any number of ways in the flesh, as Pastor Jeff is saying. But in Christ, submitting to him to be pure and then peace-loving and considerate, I had to think about the other person first. And it is challenging. It is challenging, but as I'm sitting back and listening to this, there's just we're talking about a process. And right. everything is a process. Even that verse is a process. Yeah, but e submit, trust, and obey, like Pastor Steve said in the first show. Yeah, and or another show, one of the shows. Well, <laughs> Pastor Steve also uh, said it's difficult because of sandpaper people, and I'd <laughs> I'd never heard that expression before. It's people who rub you the wrong way. But Christy, you said something uh, important this morning when you said, speaking of the process, what is happening? Uh, you said. Uh, what is the intention? What is my motivation here? And then you said, as you think about uh, what's real and what the opportunity is, tell, guide me through that again. 
My thinking was if you come to um, maybe a sandpaper person (laughs) and there's a situation and you think, okay, we, we can fabricate a lot of stories and tell ourselves things. So we really need to get to what's real. What is, what is real first? What's really happening? Well, what is real is I just received a text from someone. Uh, what is real is I'm a Christian. Um, what is real is I want to walk. I want to walk as Jesus did as best I can. I want to grow closer. Any of those things, right? So that's real. Uh, whatever stories you've made up around this text is not real. Then, okay, how do I want to respond? And so asking yourself, what's my motivation? Am I going to respond? I want to be a Christian. Yeah, I want to be really. And so that's your ultimate motivation. And then something you've said since uh, before our first date, when you came over and you knelt by me with the Bible and says, what does scripture say? When you come into any sort of difficult situation. And so that process is like getting real, kind of letting the stories go. And then what does scripture say? Submit, trust, and obey. Well, Pastor Jeff, I got to tell you about the situation that I was confronted with. Uh, God is just so amazing. Um, Two days ago, I prayed for this person. And then last night, out of the blue, I got a text. And there were a lot of ways to respond to this text, and I wanted to respond the way Jesus says to respond. So I didn't respond last night. I slept on it. And then I woke up this morning, and the first thing I did was pray about it. And then God uh, took me to this verse here, and it was completely instructive. Like you said, you, you, you submit to Jesus. What are your thoughts? How amazing is that, that you pray for a person one minute, and then the next minute you have this opportunity to actually minister to them, sandpaper person or not? Yeah, and I love in that example, and then and what what Christy was just sharing. What what I took from both of those is you guys both said in kind of different ways that what helped you is is reminding yourself, you know, who you are, that you're a Christian, and and I think we we forget that sometimes all that comes with that. I am now accepted by God. I am pleasing to God. I have been forgiven of all my sins, and so. It really helps me take less, take the focus off myself. I'm I'm secure now. I'm loved. I'm I'm cherished. Certainly, I can go forgive that friend that that wronged me, or certainly I can go help this homeless person um, because I'm remembering who I am and whose I am. And I, I just think that's that's critical. Again, it goes back to the vertical relationship. Yeah, you're in alignment. It's interesting. That wraps in the second uh, show of the series, Love Yourself. Because reminding That's yourself right. who knowing, you are, that you're loved. Knowing left, your identity. Yeah, you yeah. have to have all of them together. They don't work in isolation. Yeah, and I think it was, again, Pastor Steve who said in the Love Yourself conversation, he said what Pastor Jeff just said, which is the first thing to consider is, what does God think of you? Well, he loves you. And so what needs do I have that God hasn't said he will fulfill? So in this situation, Christy said another amazing thing this morning. She, uh, say that again about, you said, what do I need here? Or how did you say that? I think it was after the motive, the motivation talking about it's, it's 
going to kind of bring up for you. Um, what need am I trying what to meet? What need I'm trying to meet. Yeah, maybe I need to be heard. Maybe I need to be right. And when you get that realization, you're like, oh, this is really more about <laughs> me. Yeah, and so as we are loved by the creator of the universe who gave his son for us and who has said as a father that he will provide whatever we need, then we say, okay, so what need am I really trying to meet in this situation? And Christy said it so often it is, it's the need to be right. And so if Mm -hmm. I can let go of that need, I don't need to be right. I'm loved by God. I need to do what's right. And as I consider what's right, well, then I go to Scripture, and Scripture will say uh, things like be pure and uh, peace-loving. And Okay, so that's what's right, and then that frames my answer to the situation and the way I decide to act on that answer. Christy's all excited about something. <laughs> well, I wrote down something earlier that I just love sitting back and gleaning from you know our guests and the conversation, but what I wrote was, humanly, we have such a need to be right. But when we submit to Jesus, we are more right than we can ever imagine. Oh, wow. Uh, you're on fire yeah, today. Apparently. <laughs> Holy mackerel. I'm glad I married you. Yeah. <laughs> Christy's on fire today. Pastor <laughs> Jeff, what you got? Well, I was just saying, how freeing is that? That's Amen. why, you know, Jesus says, man, he, when he comes on the scene, he, he sees us as captive. We're, we're slaves to our sin. He frees us. But that freedom is not to just go and indulge every whim. We're now free to love as we were originally created to. We're we're free to obey God. We're free to go love our neighbors selflessly without worrying about the return. Because we're again, we're so confident and so fulfilled in our life with God. Man, it, it's a joy. It's a privilege now to serve others. It's Amen. not a compulsion. Amen. I'm going to quote Christy one last time as we're heading out toward the break. She says, Jesus was so attached to his father that he was detached from the world. And I'm going to explain what that means in the fourth segment. Stay with us. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281 656 1833 or email us at courageouschristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281 656 1833 or email us at courageouschristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with Pastor Jeff Neal about loving your neighbor in our series on the fullness of faith and speaking of our faith as a process by which we are changed in our love of God and his work in us. And then we change the world around us by loving our neighbors. And I was uh, talking with Christy one time, we were talking about how matter of fact Jesus was. He didn't, uh, 
He didn't get in stupid arguments. He didn't uh, waste his energy. He was all about his father's business. And Christie described it differently than matter of fact. She says, I don't think it was that he was matter of fact. I think it was that he was so attached to his father that he was detached from the world. And when we say detached, we're not saying didn't care. We're not saying aloof. What we're saying is so in the process that he doesn't have to worry about the outcome. And so the night before his crucifixion, he's praying uh, with anguish, Scripture says, uh, to his father, and he says, let this cup pass from my lips, not my will but yours. And imagine the courage of that if each of us, in our love of God, and in our submission to him, and in our desire to do good, in our attachment to that, in our attachment to the process, we detach ourselves from our needs, and we detach ourselves from our perceptions, and we say, not our will, but yours. So, Pastor Jeff, that was a lot, but as we uh, head toward the end of this, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, just that, again, that it's the, this is a mark, I would argue, maybe the key mark for a, a believer. In fact, John talks a lot about this in First John. For instance, First John 3, um, 10, he says it's going to be evident who are the children of God. And one of the evidences is, uh, he says, nor is the one who does not love his brother. I mean, pretty indicting. And so he, uh, a couple of verses later, he gives a simple instruction. He says, this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and we love one another just as he has commanded us. And so First John's a great, a great book to just, um, there's a lot there about loving others. And um, again, when when you and I are totally, uh, confident in who we are in Christ, it, man, it becomes a joy, and our eyes are opened and outward focused, and we're just thinking, man, where and who can I help next? Yeah, and we can let go of all of our needs because they're filled. And exactly. then instead of saying, what do I need out of this situation? Like, imagine this, even if you had the integrity and the self-awareness to say, what am I trying to get out of this situation well, you know what? I'm trying to be right. And do I really need to be right or do I need to be helpful and encouraging? And when you answer that and then you look to Scripture to guide you, then uh, he has his way in us. And it's just so amazing. We talked about the community uh, in an earlier segment where that community is strengthened. You look at Ephesians chapter 4 talking about how he gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers for the equipping of the saints for works of service. If we can let go of the, the, the little worldly ego-driven stuff, the stuff of the flesh that you mentioned, Pastor Jeff, and just give Thanks. ourselves over to the will of our Father and the outcome of this process, it is so freeing. And in that, there is such abundant life. So, Yeah, exactly. I've, I've done a few funerals, and, and Rich, um, I, I'll say I've never seen the people that have just loved extravagantly, loved well, loved deeply. You never see them die unhappy. Mm -hmm. Wow, that really says 
something. Yeah. What are your observations on that? As you see them, as you minister to them in those final moments, you see a difference between the people who are attached to the world and the people who are just at peace in Christ? I would say I think you you just see less regret. Someone that has just loved with their eyes out, that they've, they've loved people in tangible ways, um, they're content. Yeah, think about this. We're running a race. Scripture says we're running a race. I believe that's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And what Pastor Jeff just talked about is the finish line. And if you say, this is where I want to be in 20 years or 30 years, what do I have to do tomorrow morning when I wake up to make that happen? And I think all of us could probably say without equivocation, I need to worry less about what I want, more about what God wants, worry less about what I need, more about what the people around me need. I think we've often heard, too, people that are coming to that end of life, they're not talking about saying they wanted to work more and they needed more money. They're like, I wish I had spent more time with my family and friends. Yeah, it's a hard balance, and I think that gets back to what you were saying, Pastor Jeff, about alignment, when we are aligned with him, then those things flow through us onto the world around us. So final thoughts. Man, just to, I guess, uh, spend time with the Father, just to, again, your example this morning, not neglect that time. And I think what you'll have, and then spend time in, in community with other believers. And I think what you'll find is that love for uh, for others, love for neighbor will flow out. In, in fact, when I'm counseling someone and they're, they're not loving neighbor and they're angry and they're kind of selfish, I don't start by telling them, hey, go do some acts of service today. I say, you know what? Let's spend a few weeks. Let's find out. Let's redevelop your love for God. And when that happens, naturally, that person then begins to love others, be less angry, be less selfish and self-focused, be outward-focused. And so I always take people back to the vertical, back to the the relationship with God, back to the cross. Um, I want them rooted there first, if that Mm. makes sense. So good. Perfect. Amen. That's the truth, friends. And that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves, as we've said numerous times today, God's Word is our first refuge, and a refuge is a safe haven. And it's always relevant, and so we can seek it in any situation, and it never fails. So if in any situation we apply it, it will not fail. The worst-case scenario is we're wrong for the right reasons. And today our moment of truth comes from James chapter 2, verse 17, and we said it earlier. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith without action is dead. So put another way, our actions tell of our faith and give life to our faith. Actions also define a process. A process is about doing a series of things to produce a predictable and desirable outcome. Loving is an action. Loving our neighbors is an action, and it will produce a predictable result desired by God. And so loving our neighbors is an expression of our love of God. And Pastor Jeff addressed it when he said, when you're having trouble, 
go first to that relationship with God and seek alignment there. I remember I was struggling once after one of my deployments, not being the guy I was supposed to be, kind of uh, totally focused on myself. And God said to me, concern yourself with the needs of others and your needs will be met. And to hear that, I had to hear him. And so it started there. And then when I concerned myself with others, truthfully, I uh, was changed. And that uh, time, that was a pivotal point. And so uh, it is that we tell the world that we love God and that he is worthy of love and that he has changed us by our actions. This change is demonstrated when we love our neighbors. The less it is expected, for example, a sandpaper person, (laughs) the more it speaks to God's glory. It's good. People see it as good. And by our change, they know that by faith in Jesus Christ, they too can be changed. And that accomplishes God's will. So Hebrews 11.6 says something I'd like to share with you. It says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith, friends, is trust in God. It's trust that he loves each of us, that he has plans for each of us, that everything works together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Faith is trust that he will bless every kindness and anoint every forgiveness, returning tenfold to grace and mercy that we extend to others. Faith is believing in his righteousness and knowing that he sees everything. You don't have to post it on Facebook. You don't have to text it. He will right every wrong and punish every injustice. Have faith in that. We must have faith, and loving our neighbors are the works of that faith. And that's courageous Christianity. So I hope you'll join us next week for the finale of the series on the process of Christianity in the fullness of faith. And Pastor Jeff... We're going to ask you to finish that series with us. Will you be able to be back with us uh, for next week? We'll be able to and look forward to it. Thank you so much. That's so exciting. Love you being here with us, Pastor Jeff. Friends, let me say thanks for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 KKHT, the word at kkht.com or on CourageousChristianity.today, or even your favorite podcast app, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. And please come back with us next week for the finale of the series. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. (laughs) We are so honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost 
uncovers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.